Med Family is a show about a family journeying through medical school with kids and navigating married life. Tag along to see how we got here and where this journey is taking us. Hello, welcome to another week of the podcast, Med Family. I'm Eric Acker, the host with Karen. Hey guys. Uh, so we are going to talk one of those quick topics today, but I think we'll just do a quick update on what's been going on this week. I don't think we're going to talk about the news that we just were reading about until it's set in stone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but we've been doing the house hunting and that's you know, been a little bit of a roller coaster, putting offers in, waiting for responses and sometimes not getting the desired response. Uh, <laughs> the desired response being we've put offers in on three houses and haven't had any luck. Yeah. But um, we, it is a, it is, Close to a military base, so and this is about the time of year when people no. cycle in and out, and so there's a lot of competition for homes right now. But I mean, good news is, is when you look back at the history of the last three months, there have been lots and lots of homes sold within our price range. So we just need to be patient, I think. Yeah. And then um, that does leave us with extra time to <laughs> spend with the kids <laughs> and do other projects around the house. So uh, we've been cleaning up, getting things kind of move out ready. Uh, I We just want to get as much of our, our deposit back as we can get from a rental. And so we're making sure things look about as good, if not better than when we got, got it. And then we're working on car repairs. Um, a few friends have had some car repairs that needed to get done. And then we, of course, had some for our car, our little Subaru, finally, not little, um, <laughs> finally, AC finally was starting to give out. So we did the condenser replacement and then refill the AC uh, about as good as we could do for the first time I think I think it's a pretty pretty decent project I had Brandon help me out and that was a lot of uh, well it was good to have him help me out it was a lot of fun and it was good to have an extra pair of hands and ideas to bounce things off of so we uh, set is back to cooling us off while we drive which is uh, as you might imagine essential in south um, middle Georgia, <laughs> especially as we're heading into the summer with high humidity and high heats. So uh, we're also trying to make the most of the time that we have with the people that are still here. So I was making the joke to Eric that we are seeing people like every other day now. <laughs> yeah, we we are. I think we're doing like Ted Lasso nights. Um, we had a date night the other night. We have been having game nights. So. Uh, yeah, lots of time with people that, uh, you know, who knows when we're going to see them next. So just trying to make the most out of it now. <laughs> so it's been nice. It's been nice to see all of them. And some of them are going on vacation for a few weeks in upcoming weeks. So we're, we'll have a little less um, extra uh, extra people that we're hanging out with and more focused on our moving <laughs> situation. So uh, whatever that might end up being, we're hoping to move out. And be in uh, Gainesville sometime in June. Our lease ends in end of May, so we're kind of <laughs> sorry. Yeah, Fayetteville. I'm sorry. I have Gainesville in my mind because we were talking. The topic today we're talking about is by sub eyes, and I had two sub eye rotations. Um, I guess we're just going to transition from our. That's fine. Okay, sorry. <laughs> uh, I don't know how long these are. I I want to start with one, and if we have time, we'll do the other. Um, 
but I don't know if we're going to have time. So I just want to start with, can I, so I did two sub-I rotations in my, my fourth year. One was in the specialty that I matched in and the specialty I figured uh, I had my best shot at matching. And uh, honestly, I, I'm very happy in internal medicine. That was in uh, Northeast Georgia Health Services or Health Center or whatever in Gainesville, Georgia. And then the other sub I was more of the long shot. I have background in orthopedics. I worked as an orthopedic surgery coordinator, more musculoskeletal department surgery coordinator in Vancouver, Washington. So I did that for seven years. I have a, a, lot, of, a lot of love for the orthopedic um, lifestyle or orthopedic field specialty. Not, not just lifestyle. I mean, it sounds like I, I like the money, and that's not really it. I do like the specialty of orthopedics I, a lot of what they do is i think very straightforward and very uh, rewarding so i took a shot and did one sub eye in orthopedics <laughs> and uh, i know I, I this is the time where i can kind of reveal some of these things because you know i've already matched i'm gonna, i'm very happy with where i matched and what specialty i matched into we aren't making any plans on changing that we're not planning on reapplying for the match in a year that sounds crazy to me i don't want to do this again <laughs> i'm very happy with the course i'm on um, but i did want to at least talk about it because i think a lot of medical students get into either medical school and they're not sure what they want to do or they have one idea of what they want to do and then as they go along either that is not possible or they find other things that interest them and you're in this kind of unique position where you could be happy doing a lot of different things it's just what can you get into and then you kind of play the lottery that way and go ahead yeah well and having worked for the orthopedic department you did have a lot of encouragement from past people that you worked with to just give it a shot. So, I mean, we knew that it was long odds, but why not give it a shot? You had, we had people pulling for us. And so what did it hurt? Yeah. People were, I mean, one particular person, Dr. Michael Fleischman, he's an orthopedic surgeon up in Michigan. He had reached out to me at least a couple of times. Uh, to try to encourage me, give me some books that I should check, I should buy and try to read up on and be good at uh, for the orthopedic, you know, sub eyes. He was like, yeah, at least give it a shot. <laughs> if you if you don't get it, then that's okay. But like, at least tr give it a shot. And so I did. I I, um, I think we had talked about. I guess I'm going to focus a little bit on orthopedics and then Kansas City, um, but. We were trying to get a spot up in um, Detroit, Michigan. I can't remember the, the program's name off the top of my head. We were trying to get a sub out there, and that was the one that Dr. Michael Fleischman had a connection with. He was a resident with that program. A lot of back and forth, a lot of um, conversations between the program coordinator, program director, and even Michael Fleischman, Dr. Michael Fleischman reaching out to the program director to try to push things along on my behalf. Uh, didn't end up working out. They didn't want to sign any new uh, contracts of any new schools or anything like that. So that didn't work out. That was going to be my that was my planned sub I rotation <laughs> in orthopedics, and so I ended up changing gears and looking at on a, on a whim clinician nexus and trying to see okay, are there any orthopedic sub I rotations out there at all that you can do as a fourth year medical student? And Kansas City popped up. Um, it was, I think, HCA, Kansas City, and it's an orthopedic residency program, of course, associated, and they had a survive for four weeks. So I applied for it. 
they just accepted me, which uh, now looking back at it, a lot of these uh, <laughs> these things are, are kind of automatic or pretty easy. Like they'll, they'll accept just by anyone to give anyone doing a sub I out there or for year elective. Uh, so you just apply, you fill out the documentation. Uh, other programs are different, of course, and they do uh, they have some other criteria. So of course, when you're looking at clinician nexus, you're going to have to kind of look at the program a little bit closer and see if they have any prerequisites for you to be a uh, sub uh, fourth year elective out there. But anyway, we, we scheduled it. Uh, we, then we went and said about trying to figure out how we were going to, um, st- where I was going to stay and figure out how, you know, we were going to make that more of an economical decision. Uh, so we, we did end up finding a resident uh, that was renting out or, you know, basically, yeah, subletting out, not subletting, he's letting let, renting out his basically basement apartment. Um, it's a very nice basement, uh, had outdoor access, it's like a daylight basement, so I could leave through the side gate, uh, enter the door, and have the whole place to myself. There's like a microwave and a, and a bathroom, uh, no oven or anything like that, so uh, you just had to plan accordingly your meals, <laughs> for that matter, and, um, and his family lived in the house above, so uh, that was a great deal. The price was pretty reasonable. I think we were pricing like hotels. It was like $1,200 or something like that for a hotel for the four weeks, Um, maybe more. And this particular resident, uh, Dr. Brandon Lynn, just phenomenal. Uh, Like the price was very reasonable and I'm I'm very grateful for him. Um, So the, and I'm, I'm, I'm going about this in kind of a weird way because of like the Kansas City rotation uh, on pa- like reflecting on it after the fact, uh, you could probably go back and listen to the four weeks of podcasts that we put out. Me and Karen d- tried doing a virtual um, podcast. Like we, we would log in through a intermediary service and record it and then publish it. The audio quality probably wasn't great in all, the, all those ones. Um, and I'm not sure exactly what we discussed and cause we were trying to be a little bit more careful about how we worded things, of course, because we didn't want to um, we didn't want to offend anyone on accident and then ruin a shot at a, a program or uh, that we, you know, we were trying to give the best foot forward on. So you can go back and listen to those four weeks uh, if you want. But <laughs> uh, looking back and reflecting on that rotation, like there are things I would definitely do differently. There were things that were very frustrating for me. Um, because I had come, come off of the four weeks at Northeast Georgia, Gainesville on a sub I rotation. And this one was a fourth year elective. And I'm trying to emphasize that because how you behave on it is somewhat different. And what is expected of you is somewhat different. Uh, the basic punchline is always the same. Uh, they are, they are assessing you and your knowledge and seeing how well of a good fit you are for their program. Now, my impression of orthopedics is that it is very, um, it's a very different mentality and a very different um, personality type. I wouldn't, I'm not going to say like they're all the same, they're all gym rats or anything like that. And granted, there, there's a, quite a few of them that hit the gym, and there's some funny stories about them. I think one, the funniest story I think I heard from the residents was that they went to an event where they had dinner at, at a nice restaurant, so they were all dressed up, but they all parked at a gym parking lot. 
And on their way out, they realized, oh, we need to either pay for our parking or get it validated at the gym. And so they went to the gym and said, hey, can we maybe try out the gym tonight for and then get our parking validated? And they said, sure. So in the nice dress clothes, a bunch of these residents were working out in the gym right after a fancy dinner just so they can get the parking validated. Like, it's <laughs> it's a little different. Like, that's a different mentality. Um Another, I think, kind of interesting insight into them was a, a an exchange. We were doing rounds with one of the doctors and at a research hospital, and she was commenting that the rounds were going so long that it felt like internal medicine rounds. And I jokingly pulled out my stethoscope that was in my pocket and said, hey, if you really want to complete the picture, here's a stethoscope. And she said, get that thing away from me. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, there's a joke in orthopedics that you, when you match in orthopedics, you cut your stethoscope in half and you don't ever use it again. Uh, and I don't know if that's necessarily untrue. Um, <laughs> I mean, they have rotation. They have like certain rotations where I'm sure a stethoscope would be helpful. But they and then and they're not dumb. Like none of these orthopedic doctors or residents are dumb by any means necessary. Like they are smart. They got great board scores. They just don't use a stethoscope anymore. <laughs> um, go ahead. I feel like this rotation was different for Eric in several ways. The first being the pace and what was expected of him. So what was expected of him in Northeast Georgia, like he was waking up at about four and he wasn't getting off and back until six, six seven, seven, eight o'clock at night. And then uh, I would have an assignment of some kind of something to look up. Now it's been until like nine, 10, 11 o'clock at night doing that before I'd fall asleep. Right. Whereas in Kansas city, like, they had a call each week. They determined what their schedule was. And a lot of times Eric would have half day, if that, um, following a doctor. And he wasn't expected to do anything. He was more there to observe than to interact. Um, and yeah, he got pimped for questions a little bit, which um, if you are wanting to go into orthopedics, Eric was given several resources after the fact that he should have <laughs> It's one of those used. one of those frustrating things, yes. So, uh, and I'm putting you on the spot. Do you remember those resources, or should I post them on Instagram? Um, so yeah, they had um, guys 101 questions. Uh, it was like pocket pimped. Uh, I think it was like 100 pocket pimped orthopedics. Like 101 questions you'll be asked on an orthopedic rotation, and then there was. Uh, student to stud uh, it's a YouTube video series and it kind of you can there's a whole bunch of different videos you can watch to get familiarized with how in orthopedic rounds or how uh, they will look at x-ray or imaging or a fracture anything like that and assess what's the next course of action for that tr patient and treatment what things they need to think about and consider you know like patient's mobility level patient's age fragility all those things uh, and of course, patient stability, you know, like, are they stable or are they unstable? Um, there's lots of things that they consider in that video series. It is very helpful, kind of paints a good picture for you to go, okay, now I'm clued in on this. There was also um, a fracture book off the top of my head. Hold on one second. I might actually have this under the desk. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a book that Dr. Michael Fleischman, The Handbook of Fractures. Um, it is 
also very awesome. It's very good, um, very detailed oriented. Um, talks about all the different fractures uh, in the body and in treatments uh, and uh, the approach that you should be considered, classifications, um, etc. Now, looking back at it, uh, the rotation, there's there's part of me that could be like you hit yourself on the head and say you're 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 an idiot. Why didn't you think that this was going to happen? And there's a part of me that kind of goes, I, why wasn't I warned that this would happen? So <laughs> uh, the, there's a very big difference between orthopedics and internal medicine, uh, sub I and fourth year elective, uh, and that is essentially in the uh, ortho. Sorry, the, and Karen mentioned this is that. In the sub I in internal medicine, you're given patients, you follow them, you round on them, you present them, you develop treatment plans, and you're relatively responsible. Granted, there are other residents, interns, and third years and attendings that all are following the same patients, but you're you feel like you have a little bit more ownership of your work. You are involved. They expect you to go and see the patient on your own. You do not need someone holding your hand. You can do physical exams. You can do a whole bunch of stuff. You can't order anything, of course. You can't give nurses orders or anything like that. Don't screw screw with someone else's plan. But you're expected to go out and do these things and manage your time efficiently and figure out how to, and then also notate and write the note. And... Um, so that's the internal medicine sub-I. The orthopedic sub-I, like Karen said, is, well, we, we had the entire schedule for all the orthopedic surgeons for the week, and we would meet on Sunday night over Zoom and then just kind of divvy up who wants to be with Dr. Black today, who wants to be with Dr. Barnhill, who wants to be with, you know, oh, they, they have two surgeries this day, and then, of course, with this particular residency, they had... Uh, I think North Kansas City Hospital. They went to multiple hospitals, like research, North Kansas City, and then over Overland, I think. Um, and then, of course, they had smaller little clinics, and they also had um, a surgery center. So they had lots of different, and they had lots of doctors you can go find and follow. Um, but North Kansas City had a bulk majority of surgical cases going on that um, we were not allowed to participate in unless you were a Kansas City University medical student. If you weren't, then you couldn't go to those locations, and so you were kind of boxed out of probably 30% of the cases that day. In some cases, it was more. <laughs> and so you were fighting for, like, okay, well, I'll do the first two cases in the morning. You can do the last two cases in the afternoon, and that's kind of how we divvied up things. And, of course, nobody wanted to do clinic. <laughs> so, you know, clinic was always... Last bit, and then of course there was the the trauma surgeons who were on call, and then like oh well I'll do call with this Doctor Black or I'll do call with Doctor Kessler. So if anything unique or exotic comes in, you're you come in with the resident to scrubbing for a case, uh, and that's all very well and good. But like when you show up, of course you're you're with a doc, you're going to go to a doctor's office or uh, OR. And this is a residency program, so you're going to have at least one, if not two, different residents in that OR who need to learn. And, and this was, I think, oh gosh, when did we do like September? I felt like it was either August or September. I think it was like September. Yeah, I think it was, yeah. or it was like end of middle of September because I got back and started radiology. Right and and then born. Evie was born, so it worked out. <laughs> it was a little close, but it worked out. Um, so the 
the interns were relatively new. They started ju- uh, July, so they had July, August, you know, two, two and a half months, three months. And so the interns really needed to learn. They had third years, fourth years, and fifth years. So you have lots of years of residence there all scrubbed into a case. So when you're the med student, like, you get to scrub it, and that's kind of exciting if you hadn't done it a whole lot in your third year. But now when you're in your fourth year, you've, you've done a lot of surgical scrubs in scrubbings and then you just sit in the corner <laughs> and like um and so it didn't take me very long to learn that like certain cases certain doctors certain locations were just not advantageous like people would want to be there because the doctor was interesting or the doctor was relatively higher up in the the food chain of the program um, and i ended up choosing areas where i knew that the attending would either i knew i was with a a resident that was a little bit higher up, like a fourth or fifth year resident, so that the attendee would probably leave that resident alone and let the resident do the case by themselves. And so like I would have more hands-on time working with the resident on a case. Like if I, I there was a, I forget the city off the top of my head, but there was a city a little north of Kansas City that they would go out to. Uh, it was like a 45-minute drive from, and I lived in North Kansas. I was staying in North Kansas City, so it was a 45-minute drive from North Kansas City. And they did cases, hip fractures and uh, hip replacements and stuff like that. Um, but I was with an attending and like a fourth and fifth year resident. You know, they're about ready to graduate. They've had a lot of experience, and the attending is very confident with them. Um, so oftentimes the attending would either just show up for the um, timeout and then leave and go do some clinic patients or he would just not be really involved at all. And so that gave me an opportunity to be completely scrubbed in and be a, a more of assistant. So I chose those opportunities over others. And then there's, so of course, there's like, well, why didn't you choose the ones with like the program director or the uh, APD or the other people who were a little bit higher up in the program? Because I ended up choosing a lot with Dr. Barnhill, who uh, is a, um, how do I say this more diplomatically? He's a very nice guy. Very, He's very cool. I really enjoyed working with him. But he's a more statesly gentleman. He's uh, about ready to retire. He's very close to his retirement. But he was like, he's like such a riot because like this guy has been around for a very long time. He will talk about different, he would talk about like when he was going through medical school, how they were th- talking about possible transplants, tr- uh, arm and leg transplantations and uh, vascular, mi- microvascular surgery training that he did. Um, he talked, uh, he had, a, he had a helicopter. So occasionally if he wanted to go to a different hospital, he would just fly his helicopter out there. And, and so like he, he was just kind of this wild guy. Then he also like had this huge garden at his house and never saw it myself. And he showed me pictures of it, but like he would just cut flowers. And every day I saw him in clinic, he would just have a whole new batch of flowers and he basically decorated the entire clinic with his own flowers and they were beautiful um and he was very proud of his his garden and there was like a frost one one night and he was just like i'm so sad like i i picked all the ones i could last night before the frost came and now they're all dead uh so but he was he's such a nice guy um but like he's just so close to retirement um 
and you know, <laughs> it's not. Uh, I enjoyed working with him because you can you, you sometimes with those guys you can get them to talk a little bit and they can share some fun stories. And I always enjoyed it because it's like, man, this guy's seen a lot. He's got a lot of wisdom, and he's just a, he's just a nice guy. And so I get to listen to these stories. I'm not really on the spot 100 percent of the time, and he's willing to teach me. And he'll pull up an X-ray and like talk me through what he's looking at. And he's not he's not pretentious. He's not like trying to like trip me up. He's not he's not being a jerk about it. He's just like, hey, what do you think about this? Well, this is what I'm looking at, and this is what my thought process, and this is what I've seen over my years. And he wasn't like, and my impression of him, he wasn't one of those older surgeons that. He had figured out a way to do his his what he liked to do twenty years ago, and that's what he's been doing for the last twenty years. Like he was one a guy who was constantly evolved with the specialty, and he's figured out what works and what doesn't work. But he's not like stuck in one way. So he's he was an interesting guy. But <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm I'm going off on a, a slight rant, but. Um, that was essentially how the rotation worked. You generally weren't expected to do anything, to do anything, I should say. You were expected, unbeknownst to me, again, the expectation wasn't, and this is like, you can tell me I'm an idiot, uh, I should have known this, and the hindsight's twenty twenty. I probably should have. They expected you more to know your fractures, your classifications, and all of your anatomy as best as you could. <laughs> and... I'll be honest, like anatomy wasn't my strongest class in year one, uh, term one and two. Um, Trinity has anatomy teaching. It's okay. Um, I wouldn't really, we don't have a, we don't have an anatomy lab uh, like well, most schools do. Now. They do now have a cadaver. They did not when yeah. we were on the when island. When I was on the island, they had to use other things, other models and other things to teach us anatomy in, in, a, in a lab setting. And we, of course, had a lecture setting, which um, anatomy is a tough topic to learn through lecture. Um, <laughs> yes. There was an app that helped you, though. Yeah. I, app. Teach Me Anatomy. And then I also had uh, Complete Anatomy. Uh, teach Me Anatomy is a free, um, I think, like, website's usually a little bit better than the app. But you can do the website and you can kind of run through kind of all the high points of different uh, aspects of anatomy. And then complete anatomy was great for visualization. It's a, I think you do have to pay for that one. And I did end up paying for it because I just found it so helpful. I, I was using it when I was a surgery coordinator. When I wanted to figure out what the heck we were doing for surgeries, I would look up stuff. Um, and so I invested in it back then. I continued to pay for it because it's always sometimes nice to show a patient like what we're talking about, what we're working on. Because uh, it basically allows you to peel, peel layers uh, forward and backwards, isolate bones, and all sorts of different things. The, the app is amazing. It's great. And so that, that was one way I kind of learned anatomy is just going through and visualizing it. Because sometimes like a lot of anatomy is spatial memory. It's like what is next to what? What is going to where? And it's not just like reading the book and you know a paragraph of someone telling you about it. You kind of have to see it. Especially how some of the questions are worded, where it's like, oh, so you get pierced in the anterior wrist. What nerve is in danger in the midline of that? <laughs> it's like, oh, you have to know what's next to what. Like, you just have to know what's there. You can't just memorize it. Yeah. So if you are wanting to go for orthopedic surgery, those book resources are great for you. The anatomy app is great. Um, the video. Prepare before you go. 
and then just kind of be prepared to be pimped a little bit. And then I think a lot of it is kind of social and yeah, a little bit. That, of- that's essentially the structure is that they want to see how you behave and how you fit in with their quote and unquote. And I, I, I'm probably too old to say this, but vibe. Like, what is the vibe of the program? Do you fit that vibe? And that's why I think sometimes you orthopedics gets hit with the it's a boys club or a bro, a bro group because everyone's they they all want people who do well with each other. Like you're going to be in surgery with all these people. You're going to have to take care of each other's patients. You're all supposed to pull weight, and you want everyone. And it's not a lot. Like I think every year they take six residents. So. Um, and some internal medicine programs, they take, you know, 20 residents per year. So there's only six residents and for five years. So that's like 30 residents um, throughout the entire program and not, not counting any that might have fallen off or whatnot. So they want to make sure people fit within the culture. There's not going to be a lot of friction because there's going to be a lot of years, and a lot of days of working with each other. They want people to, that are going to work well with the personalities that are there. Uh, so that's one. Uh, two, there's uh, what's called Fracture Conference. And again, this is so fr- kind of frustrating. I, I wish I would have known about it. I wish I would have done more research ahead of time. Um, but a lot of programs have what's called Fracture Conference, where they will, one day a week, they will pull up fractures and they will ask um, residents or medical students around the table what the classification of the fractures, which fractures they see, what's, the, you know, walk through everything from the x-ray you know what do you see what kind of fracture everything i, I know i'm kind of breezing over it because i don't totally remember everything but it was an important morning uh call every resident basically logged in for it uh why i mention it to you now is that program a lot of programs do it and they also allow they do it a lot of times virtually as well they they have like everyone meet in one conference room but they also have uh, virtual conference room so you can zoom in and participate or at least observe and so the attendings who are also in different locations can also be a part of the conference conference as well um, so if you are interested in orthopedics you might want to be <laughs> going to these fracture conferences and if you email a program and just say hey i'm interested in orthopedics do you have a fracture conference that i might be able to log into and listen in on they'll send you a link and that's a great opportunity. You could already know, hitting the ground running, what's the format they want you to present things in. Because a lot of, and when I was there, the medical students were basically asked to, to work through the fractures up to a certain point. And then they would turn to the interns and be like, now, how would you treat this? <laughs> how would you deal with this? What's the best way? And so... And that's, a, that's something I didn't know going into it. So I was very unprepared um, at seven, uh, 6 o'clock in the morning to try to answer questions about fractures because like in my mind, I'm like uh, comminuted and closed and open were about the only fractures that I was immediately aware of because in an orthopedic practice, not in an academic setting, they don't spend a lot of time talking about that. Like they might amongst themselves, like, oh, it's a spiral fracture and it has, it's transverse or it's, you know, like angulated and stuff like that. Like they might mention it in passing, but they're not very much into like the classifications. Like, oh, that's a Gardner uh, uh, 
I don't know, class two or something like that. Like they're not doing that in the general practices, but they are doing it in the academics. I wasn't exposed in general. I was exposed in the academic <laughs> and I found myself very lacking. Uh, the other thing, um, just doing those videos and those books and resources ahead of the time would have been very helpful. I, uh, my biggest gripe going into the program was I was talking to a particular resident and I had asked him, you know, about the program. And then I said, Hey, I really want to hit the ground running. Well, what do I need to do or know or look up to be successful during my rotation? Because uh, this is something I do for just about every rotation I do. Um, I try to figure out what, <laughs> what resources I should really be up, up to date on. Like, what, what's the high yield stuff? And I'll, I'll work on the, the lower yield or middle, middle yield stuff later. So I asked that weeks and weeks in advance. And I got basically told, oh, don't worry. It's a pretty chill rotation. You're not going to have any problems. We'll tell you everything you need to know as you do it. Um, and, you know, I'll just chat with you uh, Sunday night before you start your rotation. And then, of course, I get there Sunday night and I'm like, and they're basically like, oh, you haven't done any other sub eyes. You haven't, <laughs> you haven't done any of this, this or this. Oh, and you don't know anything about fracture classifications. You haven't watched these videos. You don't have this book. And it's just like, oh my gosh, I am like light years behind. Um, so even like basically day one, I was two weeks behind essentially on my knowledge level. And so, and then the other added frustration is you go from this very hands-on rotation that is internal medicine, uh, sub I, and then you also take on, I, I did a three week, um, core elective a core rotation in orthopedics where I got to do a lot of stuff. I got to be very involved in the surgery. I got to be very involved in the clinic and uh, doing injections and whatnot. And then you go to this fourth year elective where they don't want you to do any of that. You're not, <laughs> you are not in the, in the write up beforehand. You're like, don't ask to do these things. Don't ask. You can be invited to do certain things, but don't ask. And so that's a very different mentality, whereas like in third year cores, it was like, ask, talk, talk to your attending, say, express your interest. <laughs> and then they might let you do stuff. And in this fourth year elective, it was like, if we don't see you, it's probably okay. And so that was very different and frustrating uh, for a medical student. And I, and I get it. Like it's a they have residents they have to teach and residents that have to learn. And so medical students are very low on that list of people who need the experience. I would just say like, if you're going on these fourth year electives, especially in orthopedics and you're hoping to get some hands-on experience, that is not what these are about. <laughs> like, like Karen said, it is about getting pimped and knowing your anatomy and, um, making how, a good impression, making a good impression. Like how well do you fit with the vibe? The last thing I would say is it seemed like all the other people rotating through, um, that was all of their fourth year electives is they went from orthopedic program to orthopedic program to orthopedic program to orthopedic program because that was what they wanted to go into. They needed to be seen. They needed to be known because it's highly competitive. Whereas, um, when Eric expressed interest um, as an IMG, you are encouraged to 
diversify to try everything. Target and those specialties that you have better specialties. chances at. Yes. Play your odds. So it, you can play your odds or if you really want to go after it, you have to really go after it and it may not be what is recommended to you. Yeah. And I mean, let's, let's be honest. Like that, that what, what Karen just said sounds terrible. It sounds like, Oh, if your dream is an orthopedic surgeon, you're going to get told by your academic advisor at an IMG school that don't, don't bother or um, really consider other avenues. And that sounds like it's like, no, they're crushing dreams left and right. But statistics don't lie and I and this is where I, I kind of like I really like where I ended up in that internal medicine uh, you know if I got if I matched in orthopedics would I be happy of course uh, but I'm also happy matching internal medicine but let's let's be honest like the NRMP statistics for how many IMGs who applied IMG it's US IMGs and non-US IMGs who apply in orthopedics eight matched there's like, I think, 866 slots, both DO, historically DO and historically MD programs. Like 866, I think 866, 869, something like that. Um, only eight IMGs matched. And to be fair, technically, this year you're talking Yeah, this last, this last batch cycle. one was from... Yeah, we Trinity, Trinity actually accounts for one of those, but, but but he did about what six years. Well, so he started like medical school. I think in two thousand. I heard two thousand seventeen. He uh, he kept on pace. Um, my understanding is that once he graduated, he might have tried the match cycle. Um, maybe he was not. I'm not sure his entire story, so I don't want to misrepresent it. But my understanding is that he ended up as a research fellow for, um, for an orthopedic uh, re residency. And he did that for a couple years, uh, two to three years from what I can glean from the timeline. And this year, he finally matched orthopedic. So Into that program. Good for him. He matched, and that's awesome. That's uh, I mean, he put in a lot of effort, a lot of commitment. Um, I'll be honest, I'm 34, close to 35 years old. Uh, orthopedics is a five-year <laughs> residency if you don't include any fellowship at the end. Um, I do not have an extra two to three years to spend as a research fellow, um, which I'm not even sure how much that makes, to tack on uh, five to six more years on, on the end of that before I can start being a productive member of society. So that just really was not a, a pathway course that I think was tenable for me. And that doesn't mean we didn't apply orthopedics. Um, we didn't apply with the same rigor as we did internal medicine, just for this very simple fact, um, for many, many reasons. Many but. Reasons. <laughs> but, I mean, we thought we would give it a, a shot. But realistically speaking, we were about 99.8% sure that we were going to match in Internal, internal med. medicine. Yeah. And that was where we put most, most of our effort. But with the encouragement from the doctors that Eric used to work with and just kind of seeing him struggle with the decision of what to, to apply to, we figured, you know, what is the harm? Well, we, we spent is, money. We did spend, we did spend the money, but like, are you going to regret it later if you didn't even give it a, a, the slightest shot? Yeah. I mean, there's always, I think if you don't, 
if I didn't do it, there'd always be something in the back of my mind where it's like, you could have, you know, but I did it. I applied. I gave it my best shot. I put in a decent application as far as my personal statement uh, and EROS was concerned. Sure, my numbers weren't particularly great, and that's probably what excluded me from basically all interviews. Um, so, you know, th that's to be expected. That's kind of what I expected to happen. And but now at least I can say I I put 10 applications out at programs that I had a reasonable expectation. You know, I, if it was going to ever be a shot, if I was ever going to get uh, 10 uh, possible programs, those are the programs I applied to uh, based off of match statistics, based off of um, their residency uh, makeup and their statistics as far as board scores. Um, basically, it was like, well... If there was going to ever be 10 programs that might consider my application, these are the 10. And we dropped the applications. I did not get a single interview for orthopedics. And so that the, there goes that idea. But again, like, I, like we said, <laughs> I think I would have probably been kicking myself years down the road and going, well, what if, what if? And now I don't have to worry about the what if, and it only cost me $100. Yeah. Um, one last thing to say about orthopedics is so when you get to that interview cycle, um, orthopedic, there are certain programs that have, we do interviews on these, these dates. Um, and we send out invites for interviews on these dates. Um, I think yeah. pediatrics was one. Pediatrics, orthopedics, and orthopedics there's a few others, another, I think, I'm sure. Yeah. So orthopedics is one of those. They held off until like, November 14th to yes. send out so any invites. So it can invites. be a little nerve-wracking when like everybody else is getting interviews, right? Just bear in mind they have a set date that they send out invites. Yeah. And then they're with it from my understanding. I I've experienced it myself, but my understanding is that their interviews are different as well. So um they they will pull you into basically and this is all virtual from what I, I was told they will basically pull you into a room virtually with all the a few attendings and a, maybe a couple of med students and then well not med students uh, residents and then they would throw up an X-ray and ask you to read it and judge you basically on how well you did and so that's why those fracture conferences can be very helpful because uh, then you are familiarized with how programs like to have those things read and how you should be what you should be paying attention to what you should be not paying attention to um that is my understanding as as much of the um orthopedic process now uh, some other kind of more personal takeaways um about there was uh, so there's two big things that stuck out to me about uh, this particular rotation. I had uh, one attending um, when we were during a commute. He was telling a story about a resident who had gone through, uh, it was in his fifth year of residency, and in this attending's opinion, they were very concerned about whether they should graduate him. And I think they told the resident that unless he got a fellowship, they weren't going to graduate him. And so he ended up matching in the fellowship, uh, and so they graduated him. But their, his, his basically sum, uh, sum, summarization of why they thought he didn't do well is because he had a family. 
<laughs> that was essentially the, and the, let's be fair, like the, the resident I stayed with had a wife and just had a newborn kid. Uh, I'm sure there were other residents out there who, uh, I'm not sure, if I, I didn't meet all the residents, so I'm not sure if uh, all the residents, um, any of the other residents had kids, but it was mostly single or like just newly married or something like that. No, no, most of the residents didn't have kids. Maybe one or two did. Um, but the the implication from the attending was basically kids and family equal subpar resident that isn't able to perform or isn't able to... And he, he essentially said, oh, he wasn't able to put as much effort into studying. He wasn't... As, uh, his technique wasn't very good because he, he just lacked the time and ability to, to basically do that as well as the other residents. And so the, he basically was equating family families as being a very negative so that was kind of a a slight red flag i'm not saying that that's the entire program sees families as bad but that was certainly something that kind of caught my eye and was like well i have five kids and a wife like well four kids and one on the way and a wife at the time it's like i'm sure i don't look exactly uh, appealing you know if this is how you view families uh in residency like you're gonna spend so much time in residency that you couldn't do families the other um, thing that kind of ground my gear a little bit was I, I think there was like one resident get together with medical students at one of the local breweries and the residents were making the rounds of all the med students and asking them questions. And this is like, again, I probably should just learn the politics of things. Um, and basically keep your mouth shut and say nothing but good things is probably what I, I should have done. But what I ended up doing, they asked me what, what's my opinion of the program and what's my opinion of like what how could they improve the experience for medical students? And I basically said, Hey, I did a third year rotation in the orthopedics. I did seven years as a surgery coordinator. I, I'm not an idiot when it comes to ortho, but like I was doing injections. I was helping suture up things. Like I was actually involved in cases. It would be great if the skill side of ortho was also looked at. It wasn't just the knowledge base, but it was also the skills. And that you know, that would be, you know, teaching that aspect might be an improvement on the program. And then I basically got told, no, <laughs> that's not what you're here for. You're here to look and observe. And then in the next breath, I think that resident went on to talk about how he wants the program to be more academically rigorous. And it was just like, well, you just shot down my ideas. And like, Anyway, it was very frustrating. Uh, that was a very frustrating exchange. And then, of course, reflecting on it, it's like I, I didn't endear myself to this resident because I just basically disagreed with him on that it wasn't perfect. Or, you know, I, I didn't have the same viewpoint. I didn't come down to the same level of like, yeah, this is a great experience for a fourth-year medical student who is about ready to be a full-fledged doctor. Like, in a matter of a few months, we're going to have our NDs. We, we can be licensed to touch patients, you know, <laughs> and 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 all, all that entails. And this program basically doesn't let you touch patients. Like, well, that's that doesn't seem advantageous to me. But again, I didn't have the perspective of this is how just about every sub I in orthopedics apparently is done. Um, a lot of the residents, I, uh, the medical students I talked to that were rotating, they, like Karen said, they were all over the place. They were in Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, Detroit, um, Nevada, uh, all over the place. Like they were 
all over the place. And every four weeks, they would move to the next location. And that's all they did. They they lived and breathed orthopedics for basically their entire fourth year until at least match time. And then they might have shifted to something else. But And, of course, every, every one of them, even the residents, would all come up to me and ask me, like, well, how many sub-highs do you have scheduled? And because, like, the natural answer from a lot of these students was, like, four, five, six. And I would be like, this is it. And they're like, really? This is it? You should try to get more. And I'm like, there is no more. <laughs> just Because um, the reality, like, like, like I mentioned on the top of this program, like, we tried to set up a relationship with a program in Michigan, and they didn't want they didn't want to make new agreements. Um, our particular school doesn't have current agreements with VL, VSLO, which is a, a scheduling uh, elective system. I think through AAMC, I think is affiliated with AAMC, uh, and it's because our school is not registered, and there's a little bit of politics. It's, there's some people I think there's a lot of rumors about it, but essentially. Uh, what I had heard from the dean at the time was that we just don't, uh, they are not accepting new applicants into the program or into the VSLO program. And so they they kind of pushed us off a little bit because of COVID. That might change in the future. I don't know. So Clinician Nexus was essentially one of the very few options. And there was only one that I could find at the time doing orthopedics. So it's, it's tough because then there's other ones that just don't. They don't want international medical students either. So um, you just you have to try to look and find and you know fight for what you can get and go from there. It's uh, it's not easy. Uh, if you really want to do orthopedics, it's it's going to be tough. But I, my biggest recommendations we talked about the resources you should study uh, and be aware of, but also try to load up those sub eyes. Try to get as many as you can because that is basically the game. Um, you need to have the exposure. You need to have not really exposure to orthopedics per se, but to the programs. The programs have to see you. And also keep in mind that there are some programs that were historically DO and some programs that are historically MD. And as much as uh, times have changed, that they are now merged, um, some programs still really hold to their historical roots. So some programs that were historically DOs are... Uh, they might have a bit of an emphasis on DO and they, you might look at their classes and see, Hey, there, there's almost no MDs in this program. And then this, the flip is true. I mean, you think the mass statistic also showed like MDs ran away with orthopedics. Like I think it was less than a hundred, maybe a little bit more than a hundred um, DOs ended up in orthopedics. And I think the match statistics, like it was basically, one-to-one ratio of applicants so like mds really kind of cleaned up on orthopedics um so (laughs) yeah so hopefully that is helpful um we went a little long on ortho and so we're not going to get to gainesville today yeah (laughs) girls wake it up so um, i figured is we'll (laughs) talk we'll talk about uh the gainesville rotation next week and then um I think the podcast after that will talk about our rank list and why we did ranked programs the way we did. Yeah, so we we have some more topics that we're kind of we're going to keep going that way. You don't have to keep hearing about how many boxes we packaged up today and my uh, door dashing experiences and hey, I I thought I saw I the guy answered the door in his boxer. That was the first for me. Uh, so <laughs> anyway, you don't want to hear all that stuff. Uh, 
So, uh, as usual, if you want to follow our podcast, uh, any of the major podcasting streaming sites, uh, Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, etc., uh, we are all on those. Yeah, if you're able to rate us, that would always help. Um, and then, of course, if you have any questions or if you just want to follow us on Instagram, it's MedFamilyMD. And we will talk to you guys next week.